house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What up, what up? Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. Good evening. All right, episode 116 of Big Easy Bets. We got uh, a lot to talk about. Saints draft is in the books. Got a huge free agent signing in Tyron Matthew. We're going to break down the UFC 274 card, uh, a stacked card. Dana White's been uh, kind of going crazy to start this year, huh? What was the, what was the card we just had? We just had one that was huge. That was a good one. Who was it? Who was on it? I'm drawing a blank. Um, Volkanovski. Yeah, but he wasn't even. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chemaev, uh, Gilbert Burns. Oh, we got to talk about that, too. What about it? You massively disrespected Gilbert Burns, and we never brought it up. Why are you looking at Justin? He agrees. <laughs> Gilbert Burns lost. Okay, but he could have won. I didn't have him winning on my card, but I know a few people did but you thought he was going to get smashed don't lie um no i didn't think he was going to get smashed but i didn't see any value in betting on him he knew he that was big of an underdog he was in that fight no i'm not saying he wasn't but no but I, yeah but i'm saying like for the value like in hindsight i feel like yeah but i think chimeyev was a little bit um i, I don't know mentally i don't think he was all the way there Okay, well, that's his problem. If I'm on Gilbert Burns and he wins because Chimeyev's not I'm all saying there. that wasn't the best Chimeyev. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't have a problem with the decision, and I like Gilbert Burns a lot. I didn't bet it. Um, I stayed away from it at last second. But, I mean, he hadn't fought anybody up to that point. Yeah. W- worth the shit. So that was his first test. And they kind of took him from, like, Okay, you're fighting the 14th best guy in the division, and then next fight now you're fighting Gilbert Burns, number two in the division. So, but a lot of people had Gilbert Burns like getting smashed. So, and Dana White even said it. Like Dana White gave Gilbert Burns his uh, win bonus, even though he didn't win because yeah. it was that good of a fight. And I think that's awesome. But yeah, it's like Gilbert Burns fucking went in there. He dude, he's not scared of anybody. Gilbert Burns is a savage. And he fucking rocked him with that right hand. Was it at the end of the second round? Yeah. That I was like, oh, okay, fuck. Like, that was the most that Hamzat's been tested by far. Yeah. But he responded well. He can take so much punishment. Oh, yeah. Like, so much punishment. I, I was I was equally impressed. A lot of people were like, well, he's, he's shown that he's human. I said, no shit. Like, he's going to fucking get in trouble. He's shown that he can respond to it, though. Yeah. Like, Gilbert Burns brought him into deep waters, and he was able to swim. Yeah, I think it was, like, I don't know, just watching, like, the body language, it was like he wasn't, he didn't respect Burns. Yeah, well, he did after. But well, yeah, going I, it, into like, it. took him, a, like, he had a, I don't know, He it took, it was a slower start, I think. I don't know, there was a couple times where he, like, for example, when Burns almost, like, he up-kicked him, mm-hmm. but it was, like, Chimeyev was just sitting there on his knees like, I don't know. It was just like he was, it was a lackluster 
I don't know. It looked like he was his me- mentally. He wasn't totally there. Yeah, like maybe he thought he was gonna somebody. just. Yeah. He thought he was gonna just coast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I feel bad for Gilbert Burns because I mean, dude, Gilbert Burns rocked Kamaru Usman. Oh like, yeah, that he could have. I mean, in a in another world, maybe he fucking finishes that, and then Gilbert Burns is a champion. Like, but Kamaru Usman responded to it like the pound for pound best fighter in the world, which he is. But it's like Gilbert Burns has been in a fuckload of tough fights, and like looked good in every single one other than i mean i understand what usman did but like he he had moments in every single one where it's like okay he could win this fight yeah what was the other fight um yeah i don't know why i'm drawing a blank yeah the two girls that was a pretty good one i got you hold on um uh maybe i don't actually well, Peter Yan and yeah, yeah, Al that's Jermaine what it was. Sterling. It was Yan and Sterling, Gilbert Burns, Hamzat, uh, Volkanovski, Korean Zombie, and I mean, yeah, I told that, I told y'all to bet uh, Mackenzie Dern. You did, you did. But all right, we're backtracking a little bit there. Um, before we really get into the a stack UFC two seventy four fight card, we got to talk about everything uh, that's been going on. There's a new Dave Devours video coming out. We're going to be finished with the editing tonight. And uh, you took part in it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What is your overall breakdown? Um, or should we wait, I guess, until the video's out? Um, it's. I don't know. You, we can talk about it's it. It's going to be funny. We. I mean, I say we talk about it because if, if you listen to the podcast, you can get the inside info. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be funny, though. I mean, The let, video's funny. No, the video is funny. It's, it's definitely going to be funny. Um, but, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. So you beat Dave. Yeah. You didn't just beat Dave. You smashed him. That's cool. Like, it wasn't even close. I know a lot of people were talking shit about me on... um, Really, it was just one? On Twitter, and that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. That's um skinny... What what do they call skinny that? Skinny shaming. Yeah, skinny shaming these um, days. Yeah, Shannon said, Dave's got this. Nick, not so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick did it. Nick's top 10. You walk in there on the leaderboard, you see you see Von Brick dash Big Easy Bets. Uh, got a t-shirt, $75 gift card. Dave Dave left it all out there though. He 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 went for it. Um it was just it wasn't for lack of trying, it was just technique with Dave. So Yeah, he had a horrible strategy. Dave's got heart. Go yeah, go ahead. But break, for break entertainment it purposes, it, it was good. No, if I give if I can give Dave any compliment, it's that Dave's good on camera. It's hard it's hard to operate on camera. Oh yeah. It is. So a lot of people don't realize it's easy to sit back and watch watch all of the videos and be like, oh, I could do that. Like Shannon and Josh, I yeah. could I could do that. No, you can't. No, no heart. No, yeah, that's what I said. Y'all, well, one, yeah, y'all don't have heart. Josh will, f- I mean, you never know. Maybe Josh can fucking put it away like Kobayashi, but Josh doesn't have heart. Josh would fold as soon as, as yeah. soon as that red sauce starts fucking creeping in, he's like, I, I don't see it. I don't yeah, see it. Yeah, as soon as your mouth's full, you can barely chew, and then yeah. you're finding a little bit hard to breathe through your nose. You want to you talk about heart, and you'll see it in the video. The best part of the entire video, it, w- it was nothing but heart. <laughs> We're counting down 10, 9, 8 for Nick, because Nick's about to get top 10 on the leaderboard. Well, Dave's over there with three quarters of a slice of pizza with a full mouthful of food. And he hears 10, 9, 8. He's like, ah, shit. Okay, I got to do it. Starts trying to shove shove the entire pizza into his mouth. And, like, none of us had any idea what he was doing. But you see in the video, he goes, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. And I'm like, what do you mean, "Uh uh-uh? Like, thinking he's about to throw up or something. And he goes, "Uh, I can't can't fit it. I was like, what the fuck? 
I was like, you just tried to fit all of that into your mouth. Like you can see it all in the video. That's the funniest part to me is that he was like, all right, I got to get top 10 on the leaderboard. I got to stick this entire slice of pizza in my mouth. <laughs> and it was, uh, that, that's nothing but heart. So that's where you go. Okay. I'm going for it. But what was your strategy? Um, yeah, I just cut it up into three pieces and ate three pieces of pizza as fast as I could. Yeah, Dave went elbows deep into a slop fest of pizza. And, um, yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough. It was just from experience. I've never tried to eat anything, like, as fast as I could, but I've watched Dave and then watching everybody at the hot dog eating contest. Just everybody tries to do what they can't do. Yeah. You have to know what you can. You got to eat as fast as you can, not as fast as Joey Chestnut can, because you can't eat as fast as Joey Chestnut. If you try to eat that fast, then you're going to eat slower than you actually could if you just. Yeah, you're gonna. You're not going to perform as well as you actually can. Yeah, it's like not training for a race and then going trying to run as fast. No, yeah, as I kept equating it to it's like me going and it's like me watching fucking John Morant and then going out to the basketball court and being like, why can't I dunk? Like going out fully expecting to dunk, like. He's a fucking trained professional. Like, Joey yeah. Chestnut's the goat of competitive eating. Did you dunk it in the water? No. Took one sip of water. He let everybody know, too. Um, yeah, I didn't utilize my water enough. Uh, yeah, that probably... Well, and, yeah, we could have got top, and we could have got ninth. But he's, like, picking up little baby scraps and putting it on the thing. I cleaned it. You did. No, yeah, you'll be able to see in the video. It was two different, completely different styles, and I point that out. I'm sitting in between both of them, given play-by-play. But that video should be out by tomorrow, uh, so be on the lookout for that. It's a funny video. It is. Um, and at the end of the day, they both got $75 gift cards, and uh, I completed the two-foot pizza slice challenge T-shirts. So yep. even though yours apparently won't fit. So, <laughs> um, All right, so NFL draft is in the books. The Saints are getting critiqued by a lot of different people um on their on what they did in this draft. So we'll go around the table. You can give your honest opinions on how you think we did in the draft and like don't be obviously I put a video out, so it's obvious where I stand. Um but that was just after the first round, I believe. So what do you what are your thoughts? What would you grade it? What could they have done better? What do you wish they would have done? A plus. Are you being serious or are you yeah. just saying that? Why? I think they did a good job. Okay. Um I like Mainly the utilization of the first-round picks. I think they did a good job there. I thought they got the players that we needed, mm-hmm. and that's really what counts, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Justin, what would you grade it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd give it an A. I think we all three hit the nail on the head with the first round. Yep. We knew exactly who they were going to take, and they did it. Uh, a lot of people are upset about the trading up thing, but, I mean, we're kind of expecting to – make a deep run this year. So, I mean, that first-round pick next year is going to be not too uh, good, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's like what I said in the video. So, if you – you, I have no problem with moving up. So, if Chris Olave is who you think is your guy, which that's what I said in the video, in my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I think Nick agreed. So, you're sitting there at 16, I believe it was. Two wide receivers are already off the board. You have a pretty good idea that Chris Olave's not going to be there at 16. So what do you do? You trade next year's first round pick. Um and yeah, like Justin's saying, if if you're expecting 
to be good this year, which I have a substantial bet on us to win the Super Bowl. That pick's not going to be, it's going to be number 32. It's basically a second round pick. Even if you, I mean, if you make a halfway deep run in the playoffs, it's still, it's not a prime pick, you know? Yeah, but even if it is, like, um, well, even if, even it's, if it's this year's pick, yeah. it's like, I think you, the people that are arguing against or, yeah, that are are mad that we traded next year's pick don't understand what type of player Alave is going to be. Exactly. And then once they see, it, I think they'll. Would the Minnesota their mind. Vikings trade a first round pick, an extra first round pick for Justin Jefferson? Right. Yes. Every fucking time. Like, and I, that's who I think he's going to be. I think he's a faster Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And it's like, but that doesn't mean he's going to come in and be as good as Justin Jefferson right off the bat. It's a little bit different. I mean, with Jameis's style, how he was passing last year, it's like I think that's going to do very well for Alave in terms of like his route running. He's going to be able to get open across the middle, but I don't know. It, I hope we take a few more deep shots than we were, even though it's not that we weren't taking any. It was just, I don't know. With Justin Jefferson put up quick numbers so fast, so I don't know if he's like if he doesn't match Justin Jefferson's rookie production, I'm not going to be like. Yeah, I mean, he probably won't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he Justin Jefferson had the best rookie season before Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Yes. So, um, but Chris Olave's life's going to be a lot easier than most with Michael Thomas coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get everybody's second best look. Um, yeah. No, I mean. We sound like homers, but we came in with two glaring needs, and that was a wide receiver and a left tackle. We got both of those. A very good left tackle that they're saying is just if you can mold him and if you can get him to how you want to be, I mean, he's got nothing but raw talent. So it's a guy that wasn't expected to be there at 19, and he falls right into your lap. So... It was a, that's a win-win right there. I like Demarco Jackson, the linebacker out of App State. Oh yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, he's a he's a decent player. He's pretty good. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, he's a decent player. He was fucking always making plays for App State. I yeah. understand the level of competition. He's a good player, but I mean, I, as far as contributing, he probably just contribute for special teams. But he's still what was he a six-round draft pick? Yeah. That's not a bad six-round draft pick. Yeah, no, but, I mean, as far as, like... No, I'm not saying he's going to step in and play alongside DeMario Davis, but... He was a good player for App State, but App State's defense was, wasn't very good. And I, they... they get, Anyone could run the ball all over them. Yeah, but he's... Or still, throw it on them, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I he, think, he was a decent player, though. He, he was, was definitely their, the leader of their defense as far as, like... Um, leadership's concerned, but they had a, a really good nose tackle. But other than that, he's probably their second-best player on, yeah. the, on, the, on their defense. Yeah, I mean, best linebacker by far. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like uh, I, I like um, Taylor, the DB out of Tennessee. I like that pick too. I, that one, I have question marks around that pick, but I think he's they must really believe that he's a good player and, like, high IQ – yeah, talented player. So you, if you can stockpile good defensive backs on rookie contracts, like the more young players you can have, we've we've proven. We saw what Chauncey Gardner Johnson hopped right in and started doing. 
one of the most versatile players in the league. Was he in year three? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I it's a very good draft in my opinion, and I, I think we're primed to hop right back into contending for a championship. Mm-hmm. Definitely the playoffs. We should have been in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, DeMarco Jackson led their team in tackles by far. He had 119, and the next closest guy had 72. He also had six sacks and an interception. I mean, yeah, I definitely remember him. Like, he was the guy that they're always highlighting whenever they're breaking down the defense. They're like, okay, you got to talk about the middle linebacker, DeMarco Jackson. Like, Yeah. And I remember the D the D lineman as well, but um Well the D lineman was a lazy piece of shit. That was his biggest problem. Was that Demetrius Taylor? <laughs> I don't number nine was his number. Was it really? Let's see, is this him? Oh, I don't know. This dude's on the Lions now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean he got drafted, so it probably was him. Uh but yeah, no, I I, I mean I I put out that I took the Saints at fifty five to one odds to win the Super Bowl, and I really think that you should too. Like you don't feel I feel like that's really good odds. Yeah, it's good odds. But there's, I don't know, Brady coming back. It's like Who gives a fuck? Well, I mean, as far as winning the division, it's still going to be tough. It is going to be tough, yes. Tougher than we thought. But it's like, do you left. think, you, you don't think that he's going to, I think he's going to regress. You don't retire and then come back and like, I understand what Favre did that one year, but it's like, and I understand he only retired for 40 days. But it's still, like, he obviously was thinking, like, uh, I don't know. Like, he had doubt. Yeah, but I, I didn't see any sign of regression last year. I mean, as a team, they did. Yeah, but as a, as a him playing, he had one of his best statistical seasons. I know, but that's that what ever had. eventually that's going to decline. So if the team declined as well, if he has an off year in comparison, I mean. Yeah. They, he's not, they're not going to get better, I don't think. No, no. Like, they're not going to get better than that Super Bowl year. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're missing a lot of pieces. Um, And they shouldn't have fucking won. They shouldn't have beat us that year. Yeah. The turnovers, the amount of times they started inside the 10-yard line on scoring drives. Jared Cook, if he doesn't fumble. No, yeah, they're they're the favorite to win the division. They should be, but it's like, I don't know. The defense that we have, you can make a very good argument that the defense got better even though we lost Marcus Williams. Tyron Matthew. That's yeah, a no, fucking I'll be huge honest, I think Tyron Matthew's the best, the best safety in the And NFL. he's on the fucking Saints now. The press conference was awesome. Like, yeah. he looks like he's so happy to be here. Yeah. He looks like he's fucking ecstatic to be back home. And no, it, yeah, this is where he wanted to be. But he's made comments in the past, like, I'll never go back home. Yeah. Because, I mean, growing up, people, whatever, you got enemies, who knows. Um, a lot of people don't want to go back to their hometown once they make it and they have a lot of money. So you got to, you got, I mean, you love by the city, but you also might have a target on your back for some. Yeah. But I feel like he feels like, um, more than other players that are total pieces of shits. He has like a moral obligation to try to like help. Yeah. To, to yeah. help the city. Yeah. No, he does a lot for not the, win football, not just win football games, but like lift his hometown. Yeah. Up. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot in Arizona. He did a lot in Kansas City. Like, he's always involved in the community, and he's great friends with Cam Jordan, who's always doing shit in the community. So he's going to hop right in and help with that. 
Um, Even when he was on the Chiefs, I mean, he was always he has his little um, the softball game or the kickball. Yeah, yeah, and he's thing. got foundations and shit, and they're they're always out doing stuff. So, no, I mean, talk about somebody that was looked at as like a fuck up, getting kicked off LSU's team, undersized. Is he going to get drafted? Like, or, or he'll get drafted, but where is he going to go? He's going to drop in the draft, and rightfully so because he's getting high and. It's like shut the fuck up, dude. All the all I remember Mel Kiper and all them dragging him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean like, you look look at his combine performance; it was incredible. Yeah, it's like he didn't play football for a whole year, and then he comes out right and does that. In. It's like, and that's not even the big. That's not even the best part of his game. You can't teach the instincts. Oh no, that's what makes him. I still say I think he's the best LSU player I've ever seen, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean Joe Burrow is going to get the nod. Um, and then you could fucking, I mean, Jamar Chase is a stud, but it's like what the impact that he was able to have from a position that you're never going to have the same impact as a quarterback or somebody that touches the ball every play. So the impact he was able to have as a defensive back that like the Oregon game what was that the second game of the season or was that the first game of the season? Um, when he fucking strip opener. sacks the quarterback, he picks it, scoops it off with one bounce, and just yeah, walks it in. It might have been the opening game, that but was it was neutral a neutral site, site yeah. game in Texas. Yeah. Like, that's when I was like, that was when he first started wearing the seven, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And it was like, Jesus Christ, what he was able to do returning punts. People forget that he fucking was an incredible punt returner. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we don't forget, but, dude, I, I that's such a big, a big signing. Marcus Williams, that's a tough loss. But you go and fill it with Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, who went healthy. I mean, he was, dude, he was a stud on that Jets defense. Marcus May is not a bad safety at all. If we wouldn't have Tyron Matthew, I would still be confident with Marcus May back there. Yeah. So now you have Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, PJ Williams. Dude, I was thinking about that. Can we, like, kind of fucking tip our cap to PJ Williams? At least I feel like we should. I remember saying this dude fucking sucks. I hated PJ Williams. Yeah, I didn't like him either. He's not a, a number while. one corner. He can't be out on an island. No. So we've established that, but we had to figure that out. We get him out of Florida State and we're thinking he might be the guy. Like he might be our fucking savior at corner. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. He's was fucking terrible. Up until like three years ago, he was still bad. And now he's like ultra fucking reliable. Like just the turnaround. He was horrendous. And now he's seems like he's settled into his role. He can play safety a little bit. He can he's versatile, slot corner. Like he can play multiple positions. He wasn't a fucking um ego guy. Like he had to play number one corner or else yeah. he doesn't want to play here. Yeah, type he of knows thing. his role now. Yeah. He's so, not the main guy, but he knows whenever he comes in. But if I remember correctly, he was the guy at Florida State. Yeah. So it's tough to like come in and kind of get knocked down a peg. Like, no, you're not as good. You can contribute on this team, but you're not going to contribute in the way you may want to when you first come into the league. Yeah. But then Paulson Adebo. Dude, our fucking secondary is so young and good. Like, maybe not so young as, eh, I mean, with Matthew, obviously, and Marcus May has got the Achilles injury, and he's a little older. But still, I mean, when you add um, Alante Taylor, like, you, they keep reloading. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You keep They keep reloading with young guys. What, how old's Lattimore? 26, 27? Um, yeah, he's about our age. Yeah. Yeah, he should be, yeah, 26. Tw- he's like entering his prime. He's still got at least four years of prime football. Yeah. So, dude, I mean, you, when you just take that into account, 
That's what Demario Davis, we were talking about. If he takes a step back, Pete Warner is going to be right there to pick up the slack. And that's if. He might not take a step back. He, I still think he has at least one or two years of prime top linebacker in the league football. So, it's like, look at Bobby Wagner, dude. Seattle got rid of Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner was the best linebacker in football for a fucking long time. Luke Keekley is not even playing anymore. So, it's yeah. like a linebacker, a linebacker's um, shelf life is, is slim. It's short. So, but... Pete Werner, I'm telling you, I've been high on Pete Werner for a while. If he can step in and not skip a beat, he did. He looked solid as a rookie. But then if you look at the – dude, I'm like – I'm fucking drooling over the defense, and I sound like such a homer. I get it. But Marcus Davenport kind of took that leap, I felt like, last year. At least showed the potential to take that leap. Cam Jordan, I was super critical of Cam Jordan until we saw him at the Dave Chappelle show, and I fired him up and turned the season around. <laughs> he got like eight sacks after did, I fucking yeah. said that to finish the season. Um but people forget about Peyton Turner. Yep. He's going to be healthy. If he can stay healthy, that's the question. But if he's a fucking, he's a first round defensive end. If he can play like it, take some of the burden off of Cam Jordan. You have two first round DNs in Davenport and Peyton Turner. And then Cam Jordan, who's going to be a fucking Saints ring of honor. And I mean, I don't know. Does Cam Jordan make the Hall of Fame? Probably not. Um, You can make an argument. He's going to, he's going to lead the Saints in sacks. Yeah, he's already. Did he get it? He, I think he's there. Did he get it? I'm looking that up because I know it, re- I know it was very close. Then yeah, I think he's past Ricky Jackson though. You're probably right. Um, he has a hundred sacks or something like that. Yeah, like he's quietly had a. Um, no, hold on. No, he's not past him. He's got 107. Ricky Jackson's got okay. 115, so he should pass him this year. Yeah. I mean, he's quietly been. Ultra, ultra productive. You don't get he. He's not. What did he have one year? Like sixteen, seventeen sacks, something crazy. But it's like he's not consistently leading the league in sacks. And you play on the Saints, so you're not going to get the coverage of mm-hmm. Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, and whenever he was like a popular guy. But Jadavion Clowney, Cam Jordan had a much more productive career than Jadavion Clowney. Oh yeah, like not even close. But Jadavion Clowney had all the hype because of the big hit and all of that going yeah, number one Jadavion overall. Jadavion Clowney's not going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, hell no. Um, so yeah, it, with the D line the way we have it, like dude, we have studs at every level of the defense, every level. So and then we have also we have guys that it's like we got to see he could be a stud, like a bunch of promising young talent. And then on the offensive side of the ball, if Jameis can stay healthy, Alvin Kamara, if he doesn't get suspended at all or for too long, I like the running back from Baylor that they picked up. Yeah. They signed some good undrafted rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then fucking, it's not, not only, we had to watch that fucking nauseating offense with Marcus Callaway as the number one wide receiver, and then you have Traquan Smith hurt all year. We had Kevin White fucking celebrating like we won the Super Bowl because he caught a pass and against the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, he dropped a lot of them. No, I think he caught one. Yeah. But- and we're like, oh, fuck, he's back. Like, dude, you add Michael Thomas, $100 million a year wide receiver, and you pair him with his fucking... His little brother. Yeah, he, he, dude went to Ohio State. We draft nothing but Ohio State players. You pair him with the best wide receiver in the draft, the best route runner, sub 4 4 40-yard dash. We still have Deontay Harris. 
You've got Marquez Callaway, who can now be the number three. He just had to go through a season of getting fucking thrown through the gauntlet of being the number one. He's not. And now he can go, okay, now I can be the number three. So you never know. He could, dude, I, I don't see how 55 to one odds make sense. Yeah. When we bet on the Saints at 60 to one, they kept coming off of three straight seven and nine seasons. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what Alvin Kamara was going to be. Was that, uh, that was Lattimore's rookie season, right? Yes, yeah, and, it was. And Kamara's. And Michael Thomas's second season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We didn't know, we didn't know Alvin Kamara was going to be that good. That was the Adrian Peterson. Yep. Go go back yeah. to the Vikings, and he's fucking yelling at Sean Payton because we're not giving him the ball against the Vikings. It's like, motherfucker, you sucked. Do you see this guy, Alvin Kamara? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't. That was only 60 to 1. I mean, all I know is if the fucking, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, I'm winning just under $15,000. So, and you might never hear from me again. Um, but yeah, I mean, you feel like, what are you worried about? I understand the loss of Sean Payton. And there's, there's a lot of question marks. Don't get me wrong. This is no, by no, by no means is this like, oh, done deal. We're going to fucking be in the NFC championship game and potentially go to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of questions that have to be answered, but the product on the field, I mean, checking all the boxes for me. The defense should still be really good. It should still be a top defense. So if not better than last year, teams should still struggle to score against us. The biggest thing though, is just what's, what's everything else going to look like without Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. And then it's like when you had Drew Brees at quarterback, you always had you were going to put a chance up to yeah. to win games, and it's like it's just a little bit different with Jameis Winston back there. So it's like that's why I think that the odds not aren't justified, but I mean, I would expect them to be like thirty to forty to one, something like that. Well, that's what I said. Thirty to one is what they yeah. should be. Yeah, but fifty five, I'm like that's nearly double. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it from the value standpoint. It doesn't make sense. But hopefully... We're getting Will Lutz back, too. We didn't have our fucking kicker. Yeah, that was another big thing. Yeah, that was a huge... Um, like, people so. don't take that into account, right. how fucking serious that is. We're playing roulette. Kicker roulette. Fucking doinking shit. Who drafted a, our kicker? Um, Cade York. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I remember seeing him get drafted, though. Shit, was I it the really Bills? Not no. the Bengals, I don't think. No, no the Bengals they've got have the best kicker in the kicker. league. Yeah. yeah, they got the best kicker in fucking football. Uh, punter out of Arizona State got drafted, or San Diego State. Yeah, Areza. Yeah, yep. He's a badass. Punter. I think he went to the Bills. Okay. And yeah, he said somebody get me a table. He wants to jump through a table. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna fit right in, dude. When you can punt it, fuck you can. If you can punt the ball eighty fucking yards, I mean, you're gonna have a job. So talk about an easy job too. Like, I mean, I say easy, but it's like. He's going to be so widely – if he can do what he did in college in the NFL, which I wouldn't see why you couldn't, same yeah, fucking distance. Yeah, that cock-sucking holder kept giving him the fucking laces when oh, you needed Christ. the damn over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shirt is for Breeze to rest his head on now. That's the Boise State shirt. Uh, oh, um, shit. Oh, yeah, that was a dark day. I broke my phone that day. It was um, like they weren't – it was a long shot for even to get a field goal chance, and then they decide to kick it. And, of course, he gives them the fucking laces. For, the like, the just, second or third time yeah. of the day, dude. I, I don't know how you can't fucking figure it out. It's like he had never held. Uh, I think he. I think it was the backup. Yeah. He might not have ever held yeah. before. I don't know what was it. Yeah, no, that was a fucking disaster. That was, like, one of the lowest moments of my fucking season. Um, but, yeah, I'm being so serious when I say you should bet on the Saints before the odds drop even more. I think, 
I think it's a great opportunity. I think we're going to hop right back into the mold and uh, compete for a championship, dude. I, I don't – there's going to be – there's questions that have to be answered, but we have way more promise going into this season than we did going into 2017, in my opinion. Yeah. The two the two teams are fucking completely different, and the NFC is not that difficult this year Mm-mm. in comparison to what it was the last few years. No. Like the NFC's I mean, you got what, three other teams? Packers, Bucks, Rams? Yeah, we'll have to see what the 49ers look like. Ain't worried about them. Trey Lance? I don't know for your sake. I mean, trust me, I hope he does well. <laughs> but I'm not worried about He's not going to be fucking making a deep playoff run. I don't, no, but I, I mean, they it. did They did it with Garoppolo. So it's like. That's true. That's true. Um, If they can keep Samuels. If that's the fourth team that we got to worry about i'm okay with that yeah you know what i mean like who i mean who else realistically i'm not worried about the eagles who'd your name uh bucks packers rams um yeah you don't have to worry about the eagles we beat the bucks two times every year we beat the packers last year um the packers are going to take a step back yeah we'll have to see aaron Rodgers just got paid the big bucks no Devontae adams I mean, I understand. They didn't it. get a receiver either, huh? No, they drafted somebody. They dra- who they draft? Um, somebody nobody knows. It was a guy out of was it North Dakota State? Might have been. I think so. Um, maybe he's maybe he's a good player. No, yeah, they they people are high on him. He's just went to North Dakota State. So, um, yeah, no, I look. I'm I'm extremely Cowboys. fucking not worried about them at all. Um, we got to worry about the Commanders with with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and who who they draft up? Garrett Wilson. Okay. But didn't they draft another quarterback? They the drafted – um, no, Titans drafted Malik Wilson. No, they did. They they Did they draft Bailey Zappi? Um, Who drafted Zappi? No, Patriots. the Patriots drafted Zappi. Oh, that's a good – Um, But it's like, I mean, they got Mac Jones. Like, they're putting the heat on Mac Jones in a second season. I just season. drafted a backup. I know, but – yeah, but I, they've always had they've always had good backup quarterbacks. Yeah, Garoppolo, um, Brisket. Yep, yep. Um, Danny Etling, um, <laughs> quarterback wide receiver combo. Yeah, no, I, dude, it was a great draft for the Saints. I'm extremely excited for the year to start. I think I really, really do think that we have a chance to make a run at it. And it's, I mean, if you can find 55 to one odds, still, I saw 53 the other day, like. That's still, dude. That's fucking good. Yeah, that's damn good. Where did you find fifty-five to one at? On the bookie. On like the personal bookie. Yeah. Um. Which it's like I hope y'all got some cash flow if the fucking Saints win the Super Bowl, <laughs> or else I'm gonna be coming for you. Um. All right. So there you go. Two A pluses and an A on the Saints uh, draft grade. It sounds a little biased. I get it, but. I mean, come on. We're coming for it this year. So, y'all fucked up. Y'all keep screwing us every year. Jameis has got a brand new ACL. I wonder if they took it from his hamstring. Got a got a stronger ACL than he had going into last season. So, uh, But, all right, only other thing on the docket is uh, UFC 274. You have a stacked card, and if there's other things, let me know. Um, Oliveira versus Gaethje is the, uh, the main event. Then you've got another title fight with Thug Rose taking on Carla Esparza. You got Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson, um, which is an interesting one. I didn't look; I hadn't looked at the odds, and in my head, I was like, Michael Chandler's got to be a heavy favorite. So, and he is minus four hundred. 
You got Mauricio Shogun Rua taking on uh, Ovent St. Pro. That, I mean, Christ, I didn't know I didn't know Shogun was still fighting. Uh, then you got Donald Cerrone taking on Joe Lozon. Nobody cares, really. Um, but, yeah, what uh, of the first two fights, uh, Shogun and St. Pro, and then um, Cerrone and Lozon, are y'all taking anything there? Um, I don't know, man. I might bet on Cerrone. Minus 175. I think he's been kind of getting screwed. When is he? I mean, is this like if he wins, is he retiring? Uh, he should. Got to be close. But. He's got to be close. Yeah, I don't know. This is probably his last fight, regardless of what happens. You think? You going to drop the gloves in the center? Yeah, I think he just wants to go on and win, and then the UFC respects him enough to just give him as many chances as it takes. Yeah, no, it sounds. Like, <laughs> I mean, he has been in, and he's been in there for a long time. Um, I think, yeah, he's got the most wins or the most fights, something like that. Yeah, something like that for his weight class. Um, no, however, overall, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching Shogun. At least I say that now. When the time comes, you never know. Um, um, you want to just go straight into Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson? Yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a pick them all. I'm going to go Donald Cerrone, uh, Ovin St. Pro. Okay. I'm going with those two. Marcio well. Rua is old and doesn't have any shot. But he'll probably win by knockout. What did you just call him? Marcio Rua. Marcio Rua. <laughs> Mauricio. Mauricio um, Rua. All right, so Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, they've been kind of talking shit to each other back and forth uh, for a little while now. Tony Ferguson's, he's over the hill. He's past his prime. I feel like that's apparent. Um, he was in an absolute battle with Justin Gaethje uh, probably two years ago. It was an incredible fight for me. I had Gaethje in a fifth-round stoppage, and fucking Herb Dean jumped in there with, like, five seconds to go and said, that's enough, plus 4,000. Still remember it. Um, Michael Chandler's kind of gotten, what's what's his one win? In the UFC. He's got one, doesn't he? Who was it? Like Robbie Lawler or some shit? No, it was Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, which is a good win. That's a good win. Um, So he's only had the three fights in the UFC. A win over Dan Hooker, and then immediately got thrusted into a title fight with Charles Oliveira. Lost there in the uh, second round. And then lost to Justin Gaethje in a unanimous decision, which a fight that I didn't really feel like Justin Gaethje was ever in any trouble, really. It was a slugfest. Uh, He... Both guys were willing to bang, but I felt like Justin Gaethje was controlling that fight the entire time. He might have got clipped here and there, but never anything that seemed like it was going to legit- legitimately put him out. Um, so Michael Chandler's kind of gotten thrown to the gauntlet in his UFC since his UFC debut. I mean, if you look at it, he's fighting the best guys in the division. He came over highly touted from Bellator. He's proven one thing for sure, for certain is that he's not afraid to stand in the center of the octagon and bang. So neither is Tony Ferguson. But with that being said, I think a part of Tony Ferguson died in that fight with Justin Gaethje. I think I don't think he's going to stand in the center and uh, just kind of trade blows like he was doing with Gaethje. I think Tony Ferguson's going to be a little bit more calculated, uh, throw some unorthodox kicks and the shit he likes to do. Um but with that being said, I don't really think that it's going to matter. Like I said, Tony Ferguson's kind of, he's over the hill by far. Um, 
I'm probably going to take Michael Chandler with a second round stoppage. Second round, probably second round knockout. Um, I don't have the exact odds, but I can pull it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Chandler likes to come out quick. He likes to try to put it on you. Um, but see, the thing with Tony Ferguson is he's tough as fucking nails. Yeah, I'm a bet on Ferguson to win. Really? And um, that's why. Because I think Chandler has like this. Uh, he's so explosive. But he, I think it would be a good situation to maybe head if you could get decent plus money for like a, a sec, first or second round. I mean, he, stoppage, near, he nearly knockout, finished Oliveira. TKO knockout. Um, because if it doesn't, then I think that that explosion just wastes so much energy. And Tony Ferguson's not going to get, he doesn't yeah, get tired. Not at all. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I might bet Ferguson by submission, um, as well, like, uh, a dollar or two, you know? <laughs> what is the odds? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, but he's plus 290, um, just to win outright, it looks like. No, plus three ten. Sorry. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I would I personally I would look for a second round Michael Chandler stoppage because I don't think Tony Ferguson's getting put down in the first, but I think he'll get hurt. He'll get in trouble. He'll make it to the bell, and then Michael Chandler will smell blood in the water and he'll come out and put him away in the second. But yeah, I mean, it's tough betting against Tony Ferguson because I mean the dude is a savage, so you don't know what you're going to get. But, I mean, he didn't look very good in his last fight. You know what I mean? No, he hasn't looked good. In a little while. In years. Yeah. So, he's coming off of three straight losses. The one I was talking about specifically, the title fight um, with Justin Gaethje. Uh, that was, a, like I said, a fifth round knockout or TKO. Great stoppage by Herb Dean. Incredible stoppage. Uh, then he lost a unanimous decision to uh, Charles Oliveira. And then Benil Dariush lost a unanimous decision. So, but, uh, Michael Chandler had, he had Oliveira hurt as well. Yes. And it was like, Oliveira just kind of stayed alive, responded like a champion and then came back out and, uh, I mean, took care of business, but Michael Chandler had him hurt there too. And same thing. I think he kind of like, he saw blood in the water, emptied the tank and it didn't work out. So, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Michael Chandler, um, with a second round knockout and then. Maybe a third-round knockout just to kind of give myself another chance. Um, but I don't see – against Tony Ferguson, I don't see the value in minus 400 just to win. Yeah, he'll probably win, Who'd even you? though I'm batting against him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Ferguson's no chump. No, certainly not. It's so, it's so hard to finish him. The, the only looked, reason he got looked. finished is because um, – Gaethje was battering him, but it'll, Ferguson wasn't going down for nothing. And then everybody forgets, dude. Ferguson caught Gaethje with a yeah, sneaky uppercut. Yeah. If that fight, if that wasn't at the end of the round, Gaethje might have lost that fight. So, I um, mean, but Gaethje was fucking him up. Yeah, but I mean, that was before that he was getting messed up. This yeah. was when it was a back and forth a little bit, and well, the Ga- first yeah. round Gaethje won. It was at the end of the second round, and. Ferguson drops him with an uppercut, mm-hmm. and it, the round ended. It was like he he could have had a chance to finish him there if it wasn't if that didn't happen as the round was ending. So, um, 
But I don't know. That's the only really th- good thing for Tony Ferguson's done in his last three fights. But um, yeah, he's looked old and decrepit his last two. But yeah, I wouldn't count him out yet. Yeah. A submission pays ten to one. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take that. Put like a maybe five or ten bucks on that. Okay, Justin, are you taking anything in this? Yeah, I'm doing uh Ferguson. I have a question though. So huh. whenever it says over under on the rounds one and a half, if it stops in the second. Does that hit the over? It's got to be more than halfway through it. So if it's a five-minute round, it's got to be past two and a half minutes. <clears throat> okay. And, like, the, it goes by the second. So Because they'll give you an official stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, all, it goes by the second. Okay. Um. All right, what are you taking in the Thug Rose, Carlos Barza? Going Thug uh, Rose or are you going to Sparza? I love me some thug. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't sleep on Carlos Sparza. I'm going um, this fight's going to go to distance. Okay. Minus 182. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I would I would assume it probably is, unless you can catch her with a fucking head kick. Um, yeah, or choke her out maybe. Yeah. Justin, are you taking anything in this one? Uh, Probably just do thug rose minus 215. Okay. Um. All right, the main event, title fight, a damn good fight. Charles Oliveira is the champ taking on Justin Gaethje. Gaethje's plus 145 uh, on the money line. I'm going to take Justin Gaethje. Oliveira is a beast. Don't get me wrong. The thing here, Oliveira's shown that he is going to, uh, he's going to try to stand up and throw. He's been doing it, and he can strike very well. So don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sleeping on that fact but Justin Gaethje's a savage too I think um I just I like I like Justin Gaethje's chances here Oliveira got caught with um got caught by Michael Chandler he's gotten caught a lot he's in early in his career he got put away I think that he is vulnerable he's susceptible to taking big hits Justin Gaethje's got a lot of power in his hands but Justin Gaethje's also got some of the best leg kicks in the game if not the best so if you can kind of start attacking those legs a little bit, kind of get him off his rhythm. And also, too, another thing is Justin Gaethje's takedown defense is fucking really good as well. You realize, I don't think he's ever attempted a takedown in his UFC career. And he's a really good wrestler. Gaethje? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a 0%. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think back on his fights. Yeah. I don't think he's ever even attempted a takedown. But he's got like 70-plus percent takedown defense. Which is not spectacular, but he's fought good-ass guys. Like, I mean, he fought Khabib, so you're going to get taken down. Um, No, yeah, I, I like Justin Gaethje here. Charles Oliveira is very good. I'm not sleeping on Oliveira, but I just really like Justin Gaethje. I like the way he fights. I like... uh the go out on your shield type of style, but I think he's kind of molded that to in the beginning. He was so reckless and just felt like nobody can knock me out. No matter how hard they hit me, I'm going to put somebody to sleep. He got put to sleep. Um, who was it? Eddie Alvarez put him to sleep. I think he got caught by a couple other people. Potentially did Poirier put him to sleep. Who? Uh, Justin Gaethje. Um, I believe he beat him for sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, he knocked him out because Gaethje was 
on the stiff legs. Yeah, that was back to back. That was um. So after his first fight, I remember watching it. It was the Ultimate Fighter finale against Michael Johnson. Uh, nearly got fucking put to sleep there too. Michael Johnson came out strong, but then Justin Gaethje uh, rallied and put him out. So, but then back to back knockout losses. Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. Then he went on a four-fight win streak, including a title victory over Tony Ferguson, which I, that must have been an interim belt or something. Um, took out James Vick, then took out Edson Barbosa. Yeah, that was the interim belt uh, when Khabib pulled out. That's what it was. And then uh, Donald Cerrone, Tony Ferguson. Then he fought Khabib, um, which was that Fight Island. That might have been Fight Island. Uh, fought Khabib for the belt, lost, and then uh, got into a fucking war with Michael Chandler. And look damn good. So I feel like he's adapted his style to where he's not so reckless. He's still got that in him and he still fights like that. But he's not as careless with uh, just putting his fucking head out there. Like He's not like Cody Garbrandt. So Cody Garbrandt never adapted. That was his problem. And once the chin goes, you're fucked. So, um, yeah, I'm taking Gaethje. Who are you taking? I'm going with Oliveira. Okay. I just think more technical in uh, every aspect, grappling, striking. Gaethje obviously is going to be the one who possesses more of the knockout power. So you do make a good point bringing up that he that Oliver has gotten caught in recent fights. But um, I don't know, just being able to – what he did to Poirier, that was super impressive. Yep. I mean, I think that Habib needs to come back – if if Oliveira dominates Gaethje and they need to they need to find out who's the best, yeah, because I mean that'll be an I, interesting fight. I think the answers could be, but it's easy. to Yeah, say. I think he would beat him, but just because of the size, I think there's a huge size difference there. But um, I don't know. He he would have everything that you would need to beat a Khabib. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like if he keeps beating people like he has been. It's like you gotta, you can't just walk away and say, "Oh, I'm done." Like, because he's all of a sudden starting to challenge your status. He's beating all these guys that you beat, and even in in more impressive fashion. But yeah, yeah, Khabib's was more of a dominant fashion. But yeah, I would say that Oliveira's is more impressive. So yeah, I feel like there's a difference. Um, yeah, I don't know, Justin. Which side are you leaning for this one? Uh, I'm going Gaethje plus one forty five, and then I'm also going to do the over. At uh, minus two hundred. Over, Over what? what? Uh, one and a half. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a five round fight, so yeah. Um, that is funny though. They think if it's gonna get stopped, it's gonna be quick. Well, the over is the favorite, isn't it? Yeah, by a lot. Yeah, meaning it's gonna go. Yeah, no, it's, but it's they set it at one and a half. Yeah, but it's skewed where it's two to one. Yeah. I mean, one to two. So you got to bet two to win one. It's like, yeah, but you could go to. I mean, you could probably. What is the what you, is the under one and a half plus one sixty? It's not that crazy. Yeah, I would uh, go under. So you think an Oliveira might stop Gaethje? I think one of them is going to get stopped quickly. Yeah, yeah. Just the solid fights. I mean, maybe they feel each other out. But if you look at Oliveira's last couple fights, the Chandler fight, kind of started. They rocked each other, and then. Yeah, no, he's showing that he's not afraid to throw. I don't know what throw. point in the second round it got stopped, but um, I can tell you in two seconds. Nineteen, 19 seconds. seconds into the second. So, round. yep. 
And then you got the next fight was short shortly into the third round. Yeah, minute, so, minute um, two. No, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He he's got he's got great submissions, but he's proven that he's okay to stand up and strike and try to figure out who's he wants to strike with the opponent and then he will go fucking tap you out if he needs to. Yeah. But it seems like he's deferring to striking first. So that's where I give a little bit of I give a, a shot to Gaethje. So Yeah, he has a shot, but he's definitely not the more technical striker as far as uh just Oliveira's punches are so crisp and technical. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I just I, I don't know. I just love. I'm Gaethje's always gonna style. go with the guy with the better technique. I always go for the guy who's got puncher's <laughs> chance and is gonna fucking lay it all out there. But don't sleep on his leg kicks either. He's known for fucking leg kicks. Yeah, no, like the best leg kicks in the game. So, um, but with that, he could snap his shit. So that wouldn't be good. Um, regardless, it's gonna be a great fight card. Um. There's a, a a solid chance that I always add something else while we're in there watching prelims or something, but nothing that I'm going to give out here and feel confident about. Uh, did you have anything else that you were taking, Justin? No, that was it. Okay. What about you? That's it? No. What else you got? That's it. Oh, okay. So it's not it. Well, when you said... I said that's it, and you said Well, no. you said you got anything else you're taking, or is that it? No, I said so what? it's like you asked two different questions at no, once. I, said I what, answered the I first said what one. about you? That's it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure you said it. I'm pretty sure you asked me two different questions I and I answered the first one. I asked Justin and then I came to you. Completely different. Um, but we could play the tape. Yeah, um, we would have to rewind that. <laughs> uh, all right. Episode 116, I believe, is what I said. Uh, I'm going to recap. Uh, okay, go ahead. Cause, um, so I'm going to do one unit on every everything except for the submission. I'm going to do like a couple, whatever I can find in the piggy bank. Um, Donald Cerrone minus 175, Ovin St. Prue minus 130, Tony Ferguson plus 310, Thug Rose Esparza to go to distance minus 182, and Oliveira minus 170. And okay. then I got the submission for Tony Ferguson at 10 to 1. Okay. Um, I'm taking Justin Gagey plus um, 145. I'm taking Michael Chandler second round knockout. I, I don't have the odds for you. I should. But I don't. Um, but you're going to be able to find differing odds. So Michael Chandler, second round knockout, whatever it is, it's going to be plus money. Um, and currently that's it. So, Justin, what are you taking? Uh, taking Cerrone, minus 180. St. Prue, minus 240. Tony Ferguson, plus 290. Uh, Thug Rose, minus 215. Uh, Justin Gaethje, plus 145. And the over one and a half rounds, uh, minus 200. Okay. All right, episode 116 of Big Easy Bets is in the books. Uh, like I said, first and foremost, if you take anything away from this episode, take away the fact that you need to go bet on the New Orleans Saints to win the Super Bowl. Tyron Matthew is home. The Honey Badger's back where he needs to be. The Saints hit it out the park with their draft. I don't know what more you need to know to go and put money on the Saints because when February rolls around, I'm going to have a $15,000 ticket sitting in my hand, and you could too for a very low price because Vegas is sleeping on the Saints. I could be very wrong. Uh, I was wrong in the past. I haven't yet to be right. But if you've never been right, all you can do is be right. And that's the time. So, all right, episode 116 is in the books. Everybody, y'all have a good one. If y'all have any questions about anything that we didn't touch on, uh, message us, let us know. Instagram, follow the Big Easy Bets page. The Dave Devours video will be out tomorrow. And we just got the Big Easy Bets hats in. If you want a hat, $30, reach out to us. We'll get it to you. We appreciate anybody that does... uh, 
want to want to rep the podcast. So y'all have a good one. Who that? The house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you, unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it.